When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This is how it's always been I'm on the outside looking in Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And we are very happy right now. Like, positively giddy, honest to God. <laughs> Because it's Sunday morning, the 8th of November, and uh, we, like the rest of the world, have been glued all week to the American uh, results. We now think John King is like our friend. Oh, he's, my, he's my boyfriend. He's not just my friend. It's it's <laughs> like gone up levels. I swear to God, five solid days of CNN. I'm married to all of those anchors now. <laughs> I'll fight you for them. I mean, like Amy Sutton to your... <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't say any more for that for fear of spoiling it. But yes, um, we're very happy for you, America. We know that some of our listeners were out canvassing and phone banking and everything. So um, thank you and bravo. We, oh my God. Yeah. Unreal work, lads. Well done. Jesus. <laughs> what a sigh of relief. <laughs> really, really, really is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did stay up a few nights hoping for final results because bear in mind we are five year five five years time is no meaning anymore five <laughs> hours um ahead of eastern time in the u.s so there was a lot of staying up late because cnn kept saying at any time now we'll have results from such and such a county and you'd be like okay i better wait oh literally soon could mean in the next 10 minutes or in two days time there was I mean, just no way of knowing <laughs> it was outrageous it really was so yeah there was a lot of late nights and then last night i did stay up to watch watch the speeches and uh cry and um, I know that there's, there's work to be done and everything, but there's just a few moments where I'm just allowed to remove all political cynicisms and well actuallys and just enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely take a minute to celebrate that because holy shit. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what better way to celebrate the of Sweet Valley drama? I mean, how else would we do it? Of course, because <laughs> there is a lot of drama in this. So book. much. Oh so much drama. And we'll get started with some taglines and blurbs. Um, because, we forgot to say already, this is book number 60, That Fatal Night. Again, misuse of the word fatal, but you know what? We'll just, we'll get over it. Don't even care now. Normally, <laughs> I be, might be as annoyed as I was about the cans. But the rules are different just this weekend, so... <laughs> Yeah, everything is an extenuating circumstance right now. So it's like, don't even care. It's fine. Let's just breeze on through. Yeah, fatal, whatever. <laughs> what, what are words? 
<laughs> so the cover tagline is, will Ken's life be ruined in one tragic moment? Oh. I'm sorry, Karen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, stress for Karen in this episode, just warning you, everybody. Um, actually, the answer is no. And not quite even in the way one might expect. True, yeah. It's quite a weirdly optimistic tone in this book. It's uh, less uh, ableist than I thought it would be. True, yes. Actually, I was like pleasantly surprised while still going, oh, Jesus, lads, you know, at certain points. Because mm. it's still Sweet Valley. So even our best case scenario is still not great. True, but true. like, you know. <laughs> could be worse. Could. Like a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so could you give us the back uh, line, please? Okay, it's sudden tragedy. <gasps> well, that's true. It is. It's very mm. soon. Um, and now I'll kick in with the full blurb. Terry Adams, who loves football. In fact, she's one of the Sweet Valley Gladiators' biggest fans. She's also the biggest fan of Ken Matthews, the team's quarterback. Is she? Uh, join the queue, Terry. <laughs> join the fucking queue. <laughs> By the way, it doesn't mention here that she's not like just their biggest fan. She's like sort of part of the team. She's the involved. Team. Yeah, she's not just some kind of groupie. Like she's actually properly part of yeah their whole setup. Hmm. Anyway, and um, Terry thinks. That Ken has everything going for him. He's good looking and popular and he's led the gladiators to an undefeated season. Then one rainy night, oh, you know it's bad if there's rain, Ken is in a terrible car accident that leaves him blind. Oh no. His football career is over and even worse, his friends are so uncomfortable about his blindness they avoid him because they're massive bricks. <laughs> Doesn't say the last few words but you know. A little bit of self-editing going on. Yes. (laughs) Ken would be miserable if it weren't for Terry. She's the one person who's always there when he needs her. But when Ken realises he's falling in love with her, he's convinced that she could never return his feelings. Can Ken and Terry ever be more than friends? And the answer is yes. Yes, they can. They definitely can. Hooray. Hooray. (laughs) Spoiler alert. There's a happy end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's also a frankly incredible cover. Describe it, please. It is a doozy. Oh Holy my God. shit. It's amazing. I mean, look, I'm always delighted to see Ken on a cover. Of course. <laughs> Only the second time, I believe, after that one. True. Suzanne. Yeah. Uh, what's right. her name? Oh, will Suzanne succeed in changing Ken? Whatever the yeah. book was called. It's just the most memorable tagline, but not so much the title itself. True. Uh, well, it was a classic. Uh, and I think it's the same Ken. I think, yeah. Mm. Mm, uh, a bit well, of consistency. Well, describe him, please. So, yeah, well, okay. So it's Terry and Ken. And again, Terry, like we didn't even get a bit of like a, a mention of her in the background. Like we often do. You know, yeah. the way they kind of seed them a little bit in anticipation of them getting their own storyline but she literally comes out of the blue this yeah, one never heard of her <laughs> so it's Terry and Ken and Terry she's got like her hand on Ken's chest kind of on the collar of his shirt mm. she's looking at him very concerned as yeah. well she might yeah um, and Ken my <laughs> my beloved himbo Ken <laughs> he's just staring off into the distance with a very vacant look on his face and I don't know why I'm surprised <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm not no offence <laughs> <laughs> but look, he's he's handsome and she's cute. Yeah. And it's like, okay, look. <laughs> I like both of them, so I don't mind. Me too. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to slag them off because they're both cute and I like them. Um, Ken is wearing a stripy shirt. Yeah. It, now it has the look of a silk shirt because that's yeah. just how they roll. It does look town, quite shiny. Doesn't it? It's got a shine to it. <laughs> uh, 
Terry has some cute knitwear on. It's a little kind of a purple cardigan. Yeah. Than a jumper. Yeah, it's a cardigan. Um, like it's buttoned all the way up because they're a bunch of squares. Of course. Um, but you know, it looks cozy. It's cute. Yeah. She's got a little necklace on. Her hair is nice and yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it doesn't have that kind of crazy Princess Diana volume that a lot of them tend to go for. I mean, Ken's um, does. So Ken does a bit. Yeah, that's true. He's got bigger hair than Terry. <laughs> Which is actually kind of inaccurate because we are told that he had to have his hair sh- uh, shaved short. True. Yes. It's a clue cut, we're told. Yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're explicitly told it doesn't uh, put a dent in his handsomeness. How could it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's um, a beautiful image. It, yes. But so, um, yeah, but look, it's it's a very nice cover. It's got a cute colour scheme as well. We've got like a teal and purple kind of vibe going. And um, like yeah, it. I'm into it. Me I like too. it. Uh, well, it's only fitting that I have to say this book is a stone cold classic. I knew it was before <laughs> I went in. So I wasn't like I was pleasantly surprised about the general excitingness of the book. Uh, but it, it's, it's a cover that's worthy of it, I think. Definitely. So we begin with Liz shouting, go, Sweet Valley, go! Because oh, like immediate action. We are straight into this, like, yeah. I know. There's, I mean, there's, no, I was going to say there's not a wasted moment, but there are quite a few boring descriptions of football, American football matches, so. It, it does go on a bit. Like, all I know about American football is it's very stoppy-starty mm, and the Super Bowl is great crack. But like, other than that, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it. I mean, even the Super Bowl, the only bit I want to have anything to do with the halftime show. Yeah. I've never, <laughs> literally, never watched a second of the rest of it. And it might as well be, I don't know, somebody speaking in uh, ancient Greek, because I just would not understand what's going on. <laughs> um, well, in this case, the gladiators are playing the Palisades Pumas. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're a few points behind or something. I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, there's happening. like the time is the clock is running down and like there's a minute been to un- go. Sweet, yeah, and Sweet Valley have been unbeaten so far all this year, so it's it's all coming down to this last minute or whatever. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, because they they've got to make up the points. Todd, by the way, he's back at Sweet Valley cheering on his old comrades. It's like mm-hmm. Jeffrey never existed. <laughs> Jeffrey, who poor guy? <laughs> the Jeffrey years are all but a dream, like Dallas, pretty much. <laughs> Just like Todd woke up, woke up in the shower. <laughs> Liz is like, Todd, I had a dream. You moved to Vermont. <laughs> Todd sticks his head out. She's like, who me? <laughs> um, well, because American football, as you said, seems to stop every few seconds. Ken is advising his team on their final play. And uh, of course, we're told that there's, there are going to be scouts there who could give him a scholarship. So, you know, this is a big match and Ken is on top form. And by the way, we get our first taste of the cheerleaders in action. We have never heard one of their cheers before. And now we do. That's true. You're right. And uh, would you like to share what their <laughs> cheer is? And I need to put on my best cheer voice. Of course. <laughs> get ready. Um, uh, yeah. On, on the sidelines, the cheerleaders were going wild. Run to the left. Pass it to the right. Sweet valley, sweet valley. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> They chanted. <laughs> You're the next co-captain, Karen. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> You're Me and Robin Wilson, we're going to do it. Yeah. Off you go, Jessica. <laughs> Take this team to the next level. Yeah, get out of here, Wakefield. <laughs> I'm in charge now. <laughs> well, um, we get a, uh, speaking of, of Wakefields, we get a twin comparison then. And we're told, 
When Jessica was involved in one of her schemes, she could be thoughtless towards the people closest to her, especially Elizabeth, whom she often took for granted. True. Still, well, still when Jessica apologised with that dazzling smile of hers, it was impossible to stay angry with her. Is it, though? I mean, for us, no. Very for, much not. But, but for Liz, yes, because she just forgives her immediately all the time. Ah, such a sap. Well, apparently Amy is uh, looking all distracted and uh, seems to be very concerned in, in Ken's welfare. And when Todd asks Liz what the deal is with, between Ken and Amy um, and asks if they're an item, she says, they're not a major item like we are. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, Todd finds out that Ken doesn't seem that interested in having a girlfriend, but apparently Amy is just determined to change things. Mm. She is, uh, she's, she's very goal orientated. She's a woman on a mission. Yeah. Hmm. And doesn't really matter uh, what Ken thinks. Yeah, not so much. His feelings are kind of besides the point. Yeah. It's uh, it's what Amy wants and she's going after it. She's quite monstrous. Oh, um, completely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we ain't seen nothing yet. So the game kicks off again. All sorts of incomprehensible football stuff happens, but uh, Ken wins in the last second. That's all you've Hooray! got to know. <laughs> There's a touchdown and I understood that much. Yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loses their mind, of course. Uh, they're just screaming and whooping. And then we cut to the sidelines and who should be there but oh, Shelley Novak and her friend, allegedly. <laughs> Not Kathy, who we loved. Yeah, with her Kathy. <laughs> with her Kathy. Who do we get instead, Karen? Well, it's fucking Kristen Thompson, tennis girl, returns. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Honestly, never saw this coming. I was like, oh, she's off on the pro circuit. She is out of here. <laughs> no, she's taking time to go to football games. Uh, even though we are told she's well on her way to a professional tennis career. Uh, and apparently they're both friends with John Pfeiffer. Boo. Boo. And he's there with his girlfriend, Jennifer Mitchell. They're still together. And with them is probably their own, their own little gang. It's very much like, who are the sporty characters? Let's just shovel yeah. them into one little friend group because it's yeah. kind of the sports gang. Because yeah. like John is the sports writer for the Oracle. And then oh. it's like, like who, who have we had recently that we have established as into sport? It's like the basketball girl and the tennis girl. Yeah. They'll do. They're friends now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, they're yeah. suddenly besties. Um, and so is... Uh, Terry Adams, mm. who is a petite, pretty junior, who's the gladiator's assistant statistician. Like, I know assistant they're mad. Like, I know, <laughs> like they've got two. This is what I was going to say. It's like, I know they're crazy about sport in this school to the point where they not only have a statistician for their football team, <laughs> they also have an assistant statistician. It's like, what is happening here? <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm not that surprised when I think about it. I guess. But like... Surely, like, it, it, it just seems like a lot, mm, it very considering much it's high school football, whatever, college football, because I know that's kind of its own thing mm. in America, but, like, would high school football have statisticians? It just seems unlikely. But again, look, we've been proven wrong many times before. Oh, God, yeah. So <laughs> Americans do let us know. As always, we, uh, <laughs> we expect to be stand, standing corrected, but here we go. Well, we are told that, like you, Karen, Terry always had the facts right at hand, especially when they concerned Ken Matthews. Oh my God, I'm Terry. <laughs> I mean, it's just you who said it. I'm this podcast statistician. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, shit. You actually are. I am. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guns mine, Terry. Get out of the way. <laughs> you know he like he likes girls who are good with statistics. Oh my god, that's gas. Oh my, I can't believe I didn't notice that too. Same. 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 <laughs> okay, well this book is going to get even more emotional for you. Oh, Jesus, now I'm even more invested. <laughs> well, like you, Terry has it bad for our fave gladiator, and we're told that Russia. What attracted her was his whole outlook on life. Ken was so easygoing, so confident. He took charge of the most difficult situations and made them look simple. As I now say, I mean, he's simple, all right. Oh, Anna, you're so mean. (laughs) You leave my humble boyfriend alone. (laughs) Sorry. Well, Terry, like you, hopes Ken will notice her someday. (laughs) And it's amazing he hasn't, because she is like totally part of the... Part of the team, like, yeah. Properly friends with them. So I don't really understand how they've never talked properly before. Yeah, seems unlikely. And probably all her friends know that she fancies him. So, like, don't she's been that subtle. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem like. (laughs) And then Amy uh, takes center stage and bellows, Party tonight, my house! (laughs) Everyone's invited. Don't know why I'm sort of singing it. I am really tired. <laughs> the delirium is setting in already. Definitely is. <laughs> oh god! Well, to be fair, we're both quite giddy starting this off, so it's only going to get worse. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is the thin end of the wedge now. Well, everybody is delighted about the prospect of a party, and uh, old tennis girl says, "I'm just excited I get to go to any party." So partly the regime is still full continuing. On. Yeah, indeed. Um, Terry is less excited, however, and we're told that she doesn't really know Amy and Co. And she only knows Jessica because conveniently. <laughs> uh, could you tell us how she suddenly knows Jessica? Uh, yeah, well, only because she recently became friends with her sister, Elizabeth. Like, excuse me, when? What? Uh, apparently, in the last yeah, book. Have yeah. <laughs> Through a, a project they had worked on for French class. Yeah. Why so... did they just put a line in, Ghostwriters? Like... Liz working on a French project with Terry, whatever her name is. And God, I've forgotten already. Where's the back of the book? Terry Adams. There Terry Adams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's what they usually do. It's like somebody just dropped the ball slightly on the kind of, you know, even like a Continuity. really vague mention of some sort. Mm. Yeah, just throw her in there in the background. Literally a sentence is, is does the job like yeah. for the next book. And they're usually not bad at that. Like they usually mm. shoehorn somebody in in the last book just for appearance's sake. True. Uh, so one of the team, a guy called Zach, asks if she's going to the party. And when she says she's not sure, he's like, oh, come on, you have to go. And, you know, I'll give you a lift. And they're joking around because he's got a date with some girl that he really fancies. And she's he's like, oh, come on, you can give me moral support. Give me a lift. So I don't, you know, because I'm a bit nervous. Yeah. And, She's clearly totally like one of the gang. Like she's not. She is again. Yeah. How does she? And why has she never talked to Ken? But anyway, she decides she's going to go, <laughs> and she has a good feeling about it, and thinks maybe she'll finally have a proper talk with Ken. Maybe even reveal her feelings. <gasps> so we cut to the party, and uh, Zach and his date April and Terry are all really impressed by what a fancy affair it is, and. Uh, um, Terry's all dressed up. She's wearing eyeliner, which is probably unusual for her. Mm. And Jessica answers the door. And it's so, she's so typically Jessica. She doesn't, in fairness, or mean to be rude, but she kind of is rude. <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, hi guys. Oh, hi, Terry. Wanted to know you were coming. 
Oh God, all you have to do is say hello and leave the that girl. <laughs> well, Amy's house sounds quite spectacular. Yeah, it actually does. It's actually, yeah, it's big and it's fancy. And I suppose, what's her mum? Her mum is a reporter, isn't yeah, she? For TV, like a local news. Yeah, uh, but yeah, apparently it's a huge contemporary house with a cathedral ceiling in the living room. Uh, like, well, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> it's got like buttresses. Is it that it's like a vaulted right? ceiling? I think uh, it's like, a vaulted ceiling. It sounds impressive either way. <laughs> Certainly does. Well, the place is buzzing. Uh, we're told that Todd and Liz are in the corner gazing into each other's eyes. Like they are negative crack at a party oh, for fuck's sake. Like God. Can you imagine? Uh, why do they even bother going? No. <laughs> Jess is dancing with a senior called Skip Harmon because apparently Lila has taken over Jessica's job of answering the door. There is no way Lila would do that. Oh God, no. It's too close to like being the help. She yeah. clearly would not stand for that. <laughs> Lila is not Amy's butler. Thank you. Absolutely not. No. Uh, so just as Terry is wishing that the rest of her pals would arrive, um, Amy shrieks and drags in the newest arrival. And it is... Ken. Yay! Um, I think, does everybody cheers when he walks in, I think, don't they? Yeah. They do. Um, which, unlike the way they cheer for the Wakefields at the slightest drop of the hat, at least in this <laughs> case, there's an excuse because he did just win the game. That's true, yeah. There's actually genuine cause for cheering. <laughs> <laughs> and we're told that, oh, Karen will relate to this, just looking at Ken made Terry's heart pound. His sandy <laughs> blonde hair was tousled and he was wearing a blue cotton pullover sweater that matched his deep blue eyes like I'm sorry but that sounds really hot how does it not to anybody else <laughs> especially as Ken is all bashful he's so he's like he's humble he's not cocky that's it because he's so lovely <laughs> he is I will give him that Isn't he? Yeah. and he's trying to credit the rest of the team and say you know this was team effort but Amy has other ideas and then she does something which I'm sure you found quite upsetting <laughs> and you bring well, yourself well, to share it yeah, I can I can and it's upsetting because Amy's just such a fucking bitch oh she like. fucking is oh. she's the worst she's ever been in this book actually which brings oh, oh it's yeah peak terribleness on her part um, yeah so she yeah because as he's kind of trying to play down you know his mm. part in it and that it was a team effort and you know all the other guys deserve as much praise then Amy's like well you did score the winning touchdown Amy said smiling and for that you deserve this and like it sounds so awkward it's like as oh. the entire party watched Amy took Ken by the shoulders and planted a soft sizzling kiss on his lips and it's just like oh that's so cringe Amy also, <laughs> there's nothing between them like I, I don't think there's any sense that he is kissing her back true yeah and poor Terry is like, just, you know, it's like a punch in the stomach. Uh, but she sort of feels, well, I suppose it's the natural order of things, pretty much, as as Amy snuggles up to Ken. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> uh, luckily, her friends show up, so she has somebody to, you know, to, to distract her. Um, but somebody else isn't particularly happy, and it's Ken. Yeah, so he, yeah, Ken was glad the tan would hide the blush on his face. So <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> but yeah, it really bothered him that Amy just kissed him like that in front of everybody. And as I wrote down in capital letters, consent, Amy. <laughs> well, I mean, we know consent classes are, uh, should have happened long before now in this school. A long time ago. Why <laughs> it's important for boys and girls to get them. Yeah. So, um, like his friends are joking around uh, and then Amy turns up and it's this is the thing it's really clear that Amy doesn't really care about him as a person she wants to sort of be seen like with him because she's like oh can I get you a drink but when she she's easily distracted by other friends 
Yeah, it's all for show completely. Because yeah. like he does, they do, or it does say that, yeah, that they had been out on a couple of dates before. And he's like, yeah, he liked her. But like, she's kind of acting like they're a proper couple. couple, couple. And he's just like, what's going on? Yeah. And yeah. Um, he jokes around with Todd, Liz and uh, Jessica. And when Todd and Liz go off, Jessica says she needs to get some gossip for eyes and ears uh, for, for Liz. By the way, what happened to eyes and ears being cancelled? That's right. Yeah, they never kind of followed through with that. It was sort of mentioned. And then it was like, oh, I'll come up with some new ideas. And then we kind of just never came back to that. Yeah. So I guess it's still going. Mm. Just running on fumes. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe it has been cancelled because it's clear that Jessica doesn't really want gossip for eyes and ears. She wants gossip for her own self. <laughs> she says, uh, you and I go way back, Ken. You don't have to pretend with me. Are you and Amy going to be Sweet Valley Highs next hot couple or not? <laughs> <laughs> but Ken... Uh, you'll be relieved to hear, is not pleased at the idea that Amy is telling people they're together and realises that she seems to have thrown this party to kind of make people think that they are. Yeah, it's like he's the last one to find out that they're a couple nearly, yeah. even though he's meant to be in it. It's not great. Yes, and he's he's not happy. No. Uh, but meanwhile, Terry's having fun, uh, chatting about football. And what is cool is like, she knows a lot of stuff and People really like that about her. Like there's no, you know, people are impressed by her expertise and she doesn't try to hide it, which is also a good thing. That's true, actually. Yeah, she doesn't do that thing of like pretending she doesn't know the answer to something. Like she has all the knowledge about this team and their statistics and how well they're doing, like, and all the scoring that's been going on. So yeah, she's kind of cool. And people appreciate it, which is also They do, yeah. Um, So Ken joins them and immediately she's tongue-tied. And when the others go to get drinks, she thinks something that you, Karen, would never say. <laughs> Terry looked at her friends. Please, she begged them silently, don't leave me alone with Ken. <laughs> you oh, wouldn't even... It's only because she's, she's worried about making a fool of herself or saying something stupid, which is kind of relatable too. <laughs> true, true. Um, but she decides, rightly, the football stats are a safe topic and uh, they they... They get into a little bit of banter and he seems to really, you know, appreciate it. And he says, boy, you really know football. Um, oh, starting a bit OTG there. And <laughs> she doesn't know if he's teasing her or impressed, but he's clearly impressed. Yeah. But before the conversation could go anywhere, who should turn up? Oh, fucking Amy is back. It's like she'd gone off to get him a drink, I think, but just sort of disappeared for a while and yeah. then just came back. Uh, yeah, so Amy grabs Ken by the neck, oh! like a bit aggressive Amy, uh, pulled him to her and gave him another big kiss and Terry's just like, oh God. So she just kind of walks off and is like, oh, why am I bothering yeah, here? I need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so not much, it's just a little while later and Amy's still clinging on to Ken for dear life. Um, <laughs> when Winston comes up and says, he and Maria are off because they have to get the bus because his car is being repaired. And to Amy's chagrin, Ken offers them a lift. Um, and meanwhile, poor Terry is crying in the bathroom. Oh, Terry. Oh. No. I think we probably all cried in a toilet at some stage. Oh, we've all been there, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and Liz finds her and says, I didn't mean to pry, but I thought I heard you crying. You did mean to pry, Liz. You stood outside waiting until you heard the door open so you could see who was crying. <laughs> Literally did. Though I have to say, in fairness to Liz, she actually gives some decent advice in this book, so I can't be too She does. It's annoying, actually, how good she is in this book. <laughs> and she just says, look, if you ever want to talk, also good advice. Um, you know, just, you know where I am. 
Yeah. Uh, so Terry's like, oh, you know, thanks, Liz, but I, I just want to go home. And on her way out, she sees Winston and turns out he lives near her. So she asks him uh, if they can, if, if he could give her a lift. But well, he says yes. But then she realises Winston won't be driving. <laughs> That's right. They're all going to be piling into Ken's car. And she's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to get away from Ken. <laughs> well, she's she's earned the wrath of Amy, who glares at her as they head out. And uh, we're we're told that as they as they joke around in the car, Amy can't say a word because you can relate to this. Sitting so close to Ken was definitely affecting her brain waves and her heart. <laughs> well, that's it because was Winston and Maria just piled into the back because they're together, so that does leave her in the front seat with Ken. So she's like, "Oh God!" <laughs> side by side with the Ken. <laughs> So when they get to Winston's house, it's starting to rain quite heavily and Winston sees that his parents are back. So he'll just drop Maria home in their car so um, Ken can just drop uh, Terry home and head back to the party. Mm. And Terry's a bit nervous about being in the car alone with Ken, but they both admit uh, that they find, each of them finds big parties a little bit intimidating. They prefer smaller groups. Oh, it's very cute. They have a nice little conversation. Like, Yeah, there's a really nice rapport between them. And, yeah. and also, I really like that Terry just sort of, she's direct. Like, she does genuinely, you know, say what she feels. Because she asks him in for a drink to wait until the weather improves. But he says, oh, you know, I'd love to, but I should get back to the party. And so, you know, she actually sort of doesn't make a move move, but she makes it clear she wants to, spend time with them which true I, yeah and also it is a really bad stormy night out as well at this point I think it had been raining earlier but now it's kind of turning properly nasty as well so she's like oh like maybe you actually should literally just wait for a while until this yeah. rain clears a bit <laughs> as well as let's hang out a bit longer <laughs> oh. <laughs> why don't you just wait in my nice warm kitchen and then we'll take it from there Ken <laughs> well when she thanks him for the lift he gives her shoulder a little squeeze and says it was my pleasure and then he goes, we'll talk sometime, huh? Oh. <laughs> and she floats up to bed in a dream of happiness. Oh, Yay, it's oh, very cute. It really is. <laughs> and Ken, Ken sets back, uh, sets off back to the party and he t- thinks that Terry is pretty cool and sort of pretty much compares her to Amy in her obnoxious ways. <laughs> and uh, he, he thinks that he's not ready to go out with anybody and certainly not her. <laughs> that's it yeah he's kind of annoyed that Amy's acting like she owns him and he's like he didn't want to belong to anybody <laughs> yeah you tell him Ken <gasps> yeah but then he notices something happening on the road in the in middle the murk and rain oh Jesus yeah there's headlights coming over a hill but they're like on his side of the road <gasps> so it's all very dramatic so he has to what is it the car is coming right at him in his lane so he has to swerve out of the way <gasps> but his car goes into like this fast violent skid so he's trying to regain control uh, the other car screeches by him, its horn blaring, missing him by bare inches. And it's like, oh good, he's going to be okay. But then there's a large tree coming right at him and everything goes black. No, oh my God. Ken. Poor Ken. Oh, one of the most dramatic moments in Sweet Valley history. Very dramatic in fairness, yeah. So we cut back to the party where Jessica is having a terrible time with a kind of hilariously cocky Skip Harmon. Oh, this guy, like, he's the worst, but kind of in it, like, in a hilarious way. Oh, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> We're told that every time he passed a mirror, he would whip out a comb, slick back his dark hair, and smile at his reflection as if looking into a movie camera. 
<laughs> he's like one of the T-birds or something. He really he's just like is. constantly combing his hair. Also, he's got a Ferrari, so like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he says, to be this good looking and this talented, what can I say? I've been very fortunate. <laughs> Oh my God, it's gas. But also Jess was kind of, I think, won over by the Ferrari, first of all, (laughs) because she's like, granted, it was a brand new fire engine red Ferrari and Jessica had loved arriving at the party in it. It matched her outfit wonderfully. (laughs) I love it. Well, I mean, I think she should learn a lesson about how shallow she is, but we know that will never happen. This car matches my shoes. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she escapes from him and notices Amy flirting with Scott Trost from this football yeah he's another footballer isn't Mm. he yeah yeah he's sort of like the second best footballer after Ken Prince of our heart (laughs) and when Todd and Liz tell her they're heading she's like okay I have to get away from Skip um I'm gonna go with you and she's giving out about how terrible Skip is as they drive when they notice something on the road ahead Oh no, so it's all like flashing lights and is there like a bit of a, the road is closed, mm. is it? Or there's like there's barriers? barriers yeah. Yeah. And uh, they realise there's been an accident and a car is, is just concertinaed against a tree and horrified Liz realises that it's a white Toyota like Ken's car. And not only that, Ken had two very distinctive bumper stickers on his car. <laughs> he did so what was it one simply had the name of the school on it and another said honk if you love the gladiators <laughs> oh, no. and one of them is on this this wreck so uh, by the way if anybody wants to make honk if you love the gladiators stickers I would buy one Oh my God, like I absolutely want a Sweet Valley High bumper sticker and one that says, Honk if you love the gladiators. Because I do. You certainly do. Well, um, the police officer confirms that it is Ken's car as a sobbing drunk driver is led away from the scene. And then they see something even worse. It's Ken being taken into the ambulance. Oh my God. Yeah, it's 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 horrible. Like they kind of, what is it? Tears stream down Jessica's face as she watched the nightmarish scene. So like Ken's face, his beautiful face, oh. is covered with cuts from the glass windshield and medics are lifting him into the ambulance and they can hear him like moan with pain. And it's just, it's very dramatic and upsetting like yes. that they actually see him being put into the ambulance, I guess. Yeah. And they head back to the party to tell everybody. We're cut back there. And Amy is annoyed at Ken being go- gone for so long because basically like this whole party as Ken guest was just to sort of show off her uh, acquirement of it as her her plaything. (laughs) Yeah, it seemed to be. She basically congratulates herself on bagging him despite the fact he had no say in the matter and hasn't really agreed. Not so much, yeah. (laughs) And when the others turn up and tell her about the accident, she loudly announces, I need to get to the hospital. And it's clearly all about she wants the status of being Ken's girlfriend. Oh, massively. It's all about her. Like, Mm. yeah. Liz points out, look, there's no point because he's literally just been taken. So they're not going to let you see him. So we'll just have to wait and see. So cut to the next morning where Winston, for some inexplicable reason, calls over to Amy's house looking for updates. Why? I don't know why she thought he thought that like he's good friends with Ken. Why he thought that Amy would That's know? That's true. Unless they're all kind of now under the impression that her and Ken are such a solid couple that she'd be the oh, first to hear anything. True. Maybe good point. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's the only reason I can think of because Winston and Ken are properly good pals. So. Yeah. Um, well, Amy says she'll keep him posted uh, if she hears anything, and she's determined to be the first one to see him. 
Oh God, she's so it's pure point scoring. Like it's nothing to do with actually being there for him. She's just the fucking worst. I hate her. Oh my God. She, she, this isn't even the worst thing she does. She's way worse as it goes on. Yeah. Um, so she asks, look, what happened last night? And when Winston tells her, she's outraged when she realized that Ken had dropped off Terry. Oh, like, yeah, because he is a Winston. Yeah, he explains that. And she's like, well, don't feel guilty, Winston, Amy said. It wasn't your fault. So she's decided it's Terry's fault that all of this has happened. And if that wasn't bad enough, later her and Jess go to the hospital. But Amy suddenly goes, oh, I can't do it. I can't go in. As my notes say, she's such a cowardly bitch. Oh, massively so. Yeah, I... I'm just rendered speechless. And she asks Jessica to see how Ken is. And just as Jessica's going to go in, they see uh, Ken's tall, pretty mother and handsome father. And they, uh, the the parents tell them, look, Ken is is alive and he is going to survive. Um, But he has some bad cuts and bruises on his face. So he clearly doesn't because he gets some bandages off in like a week, spoiler alert, and his face is totally fine. His beautiful face is unharmed, yes. Uh, but Jess notices that Amy sees, seems relieved when the parents tell him, uh, the Matthews parents tell them that only immediate family can visit for now. So basically she's off the hook. Yeah, like, and the thing is, he's like, they're not allowed because he's in intensive care. So like, it's still pretty serious. Yeah. And Amy's just kind of like, oh, that's fine. So and like, and she literally, she wonders if Ken will still be able to play football. And even uh, Jess is like, <laughs> Amy, that's the last thing you should be worried about now. You should just be glad he's alive. The fact that Jessica is like the voice of reason and the one looking at her going, what is up with this bitch? It's like, you know it's bad. (laughs) Really, really is. Um, Well, we cut to Monday morning. Terry arrives in school. She's got a spring in her step. That's it. Yeah, because somehow she hasn't heard what happened. Yeah, how, does, how has the word not spread all around? Like, Again, they're all such fucking gossips. Like this kind of story would have spread like immediately. And it's not like she's, you know, an outcast and doesn't have friends. Like she's well in with John Pfeiffer and like whatever, Shelley and Kristen. Like somebody would have told one of those people. And the football like, team. Like, of course. The, 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 this is it. Like she's one of the gang when it comes to the football team. So like, why did nobody tell her? It's uh, really weird. I mean, I guess, I guess for the weekend that finished, we'll just suspend disbelief. I I guess, yeah. <laughs> this one, Kate William. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, poor Kat, Terry, when she can tell something's wrong when she gets into school because there's a weird vibe in the air. And uh, she hears Lila tell Cara that Amy's eyes are all puffy and red from crying. That's why she's wearing sunglasses. She, like She isn't no. milking this. Massively so. I'd be amazed if her eyes were red and puffy. I think she's just wearing the sunglasses to disguise the fact that she hasn't been crying (laughs) because she's a heartless fucking cow. This is entirely true. And uh, Amy, uh, Terry spots Amy being comforted by some friends. She is loving the attention. And then Amy loudly says, if that girl Terry had made him drive her home, it would never have happened. She's, as my notes just say, I hate her. Yeah, she's horrible, like, yeah. So Terry is devastated and she runs away, not crying yet, but to cry. And she's found in a stairwell by Liz, who taps her on the shoulder. Classic Liz. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Liz is actually very sensible. She is, yeah. So, like, Liz just kind of fills her in on, I suppose, what had been happening over the weekend and how Ken is doing at the minute. But, like... Terry completely blames herself and like took everything that Amy said to heart and as she was hearing it she was like oh my god she's right this is completely my fault so Liz kind of talks her down a bit and is like 
this absolutely is not your fault. Like you, you couldn't have done anything. And it's, you know, it's really sensible, calm uh, uh, reassurance. So well done, Liz. So we cut to the hospital where Ken is waking up. But his entire (laughs) head is bandaged. He's it's like a cartoon yeah. uh, patient or something that he's just completely wrapped in bandages that like there is none of his face visible whatsoever. Not really sure why because we're told no. that he doesn't really have any like he just has minor cuts on his face. Yeah. <laughs> They've just wrapped him up like a cartoon mummy. <laughs> For no reason. Um, so Amy is by his side but she's thinking oh, I hope he doesn't have any scars. Christ. So Ken is actually quite cheerful uh, because uh, the nur- a nurse or doctor comes in and tells him that his bandages will be off tomorrow. And Amy is delighted and is convinced that he's going to be back playing at the next football game. She's just monstrous. She thinks everyone would be watching her too to see Ken's girlfriend's reaction. Maybe their picture would be in the paper. <laughs> oh it's the Jessica Wakefield levels of delusion here again. And yeah. like... I mean, Flights of fancy. Ugh. With added ICU. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, true. <gasps> but then we cut to the next day. And a still cheerful Ken is getting his bandages taken off. And he's told that once the swelling from the bruises and the small cuts go down, he's going to look exactly the same as before. Why the giant mummy head? Anyway. <laughs> um, he realises that they've cropped his hair to, you know, to, I guess, to examine him and treat the cuts and to... Um, uh, do some x-rays but he just laughs that off but then he asks why they haven't taken the bandages off his oh. eyes poor Ken oh my god it's so horrible um, and like pretty shoddy work by this doctor oh as per god. usual in this fucking hospital I don't know why we're surprised but here we are um, yeah so poor Ken is like so like have you taken off the bandages what's going on when are they coming off and the doctor is like I'm sorry uh, I have taken the bandages off. He's oh like, God. you've had a closed head injury. Uh, it doesn't, well, we don't know how, how much permanent damage has been done and all that. But basically they thought there might be a possibility that he would lose his sight. Just didn't fucking say it to him. And they were like, we didn't want to like worry you. <laughs> so we didn't warn you. Didn't give you a heads up whatsoever. Just fucking whipped off the bandages and hoped for the best. Like, <laughs> Sorry, how is this any way to run a fucking hospital? <laughs> let's just let's not warn this sixteen-year-old. For fuck's sake, like, yeah, a pretty big deal. But uh, no. we'll just literally throw him into the deep end. <laughs> like, no, oh, do you know what? We thought this. We hoped this wouldn't happen. Oh shit, it did. Uh oh. We just never thought to fucking tell you about it, and now it has, and you're completely unprepared. Yeah. So poor Ken is understandably devastated, and Jesus. Dr. Arquette tells him it's quite possible his sight will return, but it's not guaranteed. Uh, I guess we should be grateful for this, though. He's being referred to a rehab centre, a place called Hollyfield, where he can go for a few weeks and to learn how to how to like live in this new reality. Yeah. Um, Ken is sort of keeps it together, but then asks, can he be left alone for a minute? And then he cries. Oh, poor Ken. He's so sad. He felt it all slip away. His football career, because that is the one thing he does want to be a footballer, so this is like... This is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, his hopes for a scholarship. Now, this is the part that is very just sweet valley. Even his social life. His <laughs> friends wouldn't want to deal with someone blind, he thought. They were used to Ken Matthews, football hero. Not Ken, the guy who couldn't even make his way down the hall. Well, I mean, you'd think not, but these people are incredibly shallow. So he's not entirely wrong. 
it's true like yeah because they're kind of framing it as him being you know very hard on himself but like it's it's you know this kind of thing has happened before <laughs> yes and also the sweet valians are t- like they got todd became more popular when he had money like they are not <laughs> deep these they have form in this kind of thing yeah very much so and he also thinks no one will want to spend time with them especially not any girls oh, oh my god big just <laughs> big lovely just. No. so later Jess and Liz arrive with a big card and they're like oh look everybody signed it and uh, Ken doesn't want to admit that he can't see the signature he kind of tries to brave it out at yeah. first and just sort of makes sure to like look in the direction of where he can hear people like standing and they hand him a card that everybody has signed and he kind of has to just come clean like because he, yeah. like, he can't pretend and it's so sad oh my god I know it genuinely is and of course Jessica ever tactful goes it's horrible Jessica cried how could this happen to you and Liz basically oh shoves around the room and says go get us a drink in the cafeteria very sensible like just fucking get that bitch out yeah. of here so yeah she just sends her off and it's actually you know, tries to be some bit comforting to Ken, not to start fucking wailing immediately. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't really any help. Well, uh, Ken tells her all and she she responds again. Well, she's like, look, I'm really sorry this happened. And and he says, he's he knows he's lucky to be alive. And she's like, well, well yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing she can say to make it better. So she doesn't even try. So I say, yeah. fair enough, Liz. Um, so on her way to the cafe or the cafeteria, Jessica meets Amy. And Amy says that she feels much better about coming uh, to the hospital than she did the other day. Maybe it's because I know Ken's going to be fine. Then Jessica tells her the truth. And she oh. is <laughs> appalling. She's terrible. Like, cause Jess is like getting Shockingly into the lift, bad. I think. Yeah. Um, they're coming yeah, out she, of the lift. That's what oh, they're coming out of the lift. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, she's just like, uh, I can't go in there. She's just... She yanks her arm away from Jessica and gets back in the lift. Oh, God. Yeah, and Jessica is like, but, like, Ken needs you. Like, he needs his friends and his, like, alleged girlfriend in particular right now. And Amy's just like, I can't handle it. Not now. Yeah, and Jessica's literally holding the lift door open. And Jessica, uh, Amy, closes the door of the lift and goes off. Yeah, she's like, don't tell him you saw me and fucking bails out. Oh, she sucks. I hate her. And and she's going to get worse. Because we go to sc- cut to school where Terry's eyes are red from crying because uh, she's, she's just been feeling so guilty about she's blaming herself for causing the accident. Yeah. And then Amy stomps up to her and is appalling. Genuinely just, she's just a, a monster. She's so horrible. Like, she's just a terrible person. Uh, yeah, she says, I just want you to know that I know whose fault it is that Ken's life is ruined. And Terry's like, what, what do you mean ruined? I thought he was going to be okay. It's like, oh, he's, Ken is blind, Terry. And if that doesn't mean his life is ruined, I don't know what does. And I have to say that I am pleased that the book does not endorse this view. Again, true. It actually doesn't, eyes. yeah. Genuinely yeah. doesn't. And I really thought it was. Um, so uh, this is clearly meant to be just Amy being terrible yeah and amy yells if you hadn't made him drive you home it never would have happened it's your fault he's blind like she's just screaming at her in the middle of school it's just like this woman is fucking unhinged and also the worst yes and terry is literally backing up against her locker and cara has to more or less drag amy over um and luckily liz finds terry and offers comfort 
and Terry asks if, uh, again, she's like, she's proactive. I like it. She asks, would it be possible to see Ken? And, you know, if she could ask if Liz will get in touch with his parents for her. And Liz, of course, says that she will. So I guess it's a few days later, which doesn't really say, uh, but Terry and Liz arrive at the rehab centre. And Terry admits she's scared that Ken will blame her or think it's weird because, um, you know, they're not really that close. So like, why? That, is, yeah, uh, they, they don't know each other particularly well, I suppose. But she just really feels like she needs to see him. Yeah. yeah. And Liz says, you know, I bet he could use a new friend, which is nice. She's like, she's very reassuring. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that Elizabeth is so reasonable I know, and helpful in this one. <laughs> it's, it's easier to hate her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's shown into Ken's room and we're told that... Uh, Ken looked exactly the same, except that his hair was very short. But even that didn't alter his handsome features. Too fucking right it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's, he's kind of in a cheerful mood. Like he jokes with her and eventually she apologises. And to her, kind of to her own horror, she breaks down and starts crying. And, uh, you know, yeah, that she feels guilty for crying. She knows she shouldn't really be making it. This is it. Yeah, she kind of tries to hold it in, but just like you say, just breaks and it, it wails about it, how it's her fault and all this. But like, also catches herself and is like, I can't believe I'm, making you know, really sorry for myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. When uh, when poor Ken is fucking sitting here having to listen to this, like, and he's enough going on. Yeah, and actually, they have a really nice moment. And Ken was very clear that he doesn't blame her and points out that if he just accepted her offer of a drink, the accident might not have happened. Yeah. Um. So they share a little moment, but then there's uh, his, I guess, his counselor or, or um, rehab specialist Ron opens the door and says, "Oh, your time is up because apparently he's only allowed to visitors for a few minutes in case it overexcites him or something." <laughs> yeah, it must be very tiring, I suppose, whatever work he's doing. Well, that's true. It genuinely yeah. is. So they yeah. have a, they have a nice goodbye. And, they do. Um, and. Terry leaves, but when she looks back, she notices the smile fade from Ken's face. He looks really sad. Oh. So it's a month later, and Rob has coaching Ken and putting him through his paces because it's his last session. And yeah, so yeah, he's he's kind of managed to, I suppose, learn how to do things for himself. Yeah. Um, sort of yeah. operate in the world as a blind person. And he tells him, you know, you can do anything as long as you count your steps because they're all basing it on a system of, you know, counting how many steps between various places. And, you know, um, and how that's a really helpful way of of getting around. And Ken thinks it was sort of like being a quarterback, only the game was now his whole life. (gasps) So we we learn that Ken has learned a lot of life skills in uh, Hollyfield and... um, know everything from how to cut up his food and or to, and to shave himself like it's actually really practical things just to make him um you know as, as In, like yeah that he's still independent like and doesn't have to rely on people too much or maybe as much as he thought he might have to like it yeah. is a big readjustment obviously but he's done the work like and he's learned all these new skills so yeah. like good for him yeah and it seems to be a genuinely empowering approach for what it's a better word like surprisingly again for I'm this book i really thought this was going to go another way like, oh, poor guy his life's ruined forever <laughs> as opposed to something really sad and, and serious has happened to him but he will you know he find a way to adjust and move on. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it turns out that they've already spent a day walking around Sweet Valley High, just figuring out, you know, how he's going to get on there. And Vaughn says, it seems like a safe, warm environment. Mm. Is it? Uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, Amy was literally yelling at somebody against the back of the room. But then just like openly bullying this girl until she was nearly in a locker. But yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, Ken admits that he's, you know, he sort of got used to being around other blind people and people like Ron. And uh, he's, he's a bit afraid of just being around sighted people. But Ron says, remember, attitude is everything. Sure, Ken said, trying to sound like he believed it. But he didn't. Eyesight was everything and he didn't have it anymore. Oh, oh Ken. So we learn he's going to tape his lessons and then he's going to go over them later and his mom will type letters for him until he learns to touch type and he's going to get a private braille tutor. So he's got a, Rob points out, it sounds like you have a good support system in place. And it's true, he does. He does. Like, again, like surprisingly good (laughs) and useful stuff, like all very practically useful things he can do. Yeah. So he's, those, him and Rob have a nice relationship. They've to stay in touch and Rob urges him again to stay positive, but Ken just really hates the thought of being dependent on anyone for anything. Yeah. And he gets his stuff from his room and he's got a lot of cards uh, that, his, you know, everybody sent him. And we're told that uh, uh, when, that Rob had read them out to him and, and reread them to him when he felt lonely. Oh, stop. That actually broke my heart. Oh, no, like I wasn't able to. I'm a bit emotionally fragile this week anyway. <laughs> yeah, to begin with, we're all in a bit of a jock like, but Jesus. <laughs> well, we're told it was funny. His eyes couldn't see anymore, but they sure were good at crying. Oh. oh. By the way, we're told there were all kind of cards from lots of different people. One of those people is... It's Mr. Collins! Hooray! <laughs> He's off stage, but I'm so cheerful this weekend. I'm going to give him his... his, his, uh, his it's called Jingle, <laughs> even just for a name mention. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I am sad we didn't get to see him, but still. Uh, again, I'll give you a pass, Kate William, because all the <laughs> rules do not apply next week, but or this week, but next time, I won't yeah. be so merciful. This is it. We're in the mood for giving passes today, but... <laughs> That's it. Don't lie, you can, Kate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Coach Schultz, Olivia Davidson, the Wakefields, Cara. Uh, we learn that Amy wrote a couple of sort of generic notes at the beginning and then nothing. Oh, God. And like, at first I was kind of like, they mentioned that she had sent him sort of scented envelopes and it's kind of like, well, that's kind of nice. You know, he knows this is from her. Uh, but like, the, re- the letters themselves are bullshit. Like, and it's just very like, hope you're okay. Like, nothing that, you know, you'd write to someone who you're meant to be in a fucking relationship with whatsoever, like, and also she has not written in weeks now at this stage. Yes, and also, I think it's just like, they're the writing, pa- that's the sort of envelope she normally uses, because like, smelly stationery was a thing in the 80s. I guess, yeah, the fancy, fancy paper. paper you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I had my collection. I was, giving, I was just giving her too much credit there, yeah. so for like, adding an extra sensory element to no, her No, no, I think you're definitely being too generous. I think <laughs> was, that was like her trademark. It was just by default. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, poor Ken. It's cold comfort to him. Um, because he sweeps everything onto the floor in a sort of a fit of frustration. And we're told he was going to have to face everybody, not as Ken the football hero, but as poor blind Ken. He wouldn't be known for all the wonderful things he could do, but for all the things he would never do again. And he dreads his future. Oh, poor Ken. So we cut to his first day at school and Winston uh, is trying to lead Ken to class. Again, a reminder that the whole, oh, why did we always pick on Winston thing in the Lost at Sea book is total revisionist history. Yes. Uh, so Winston is being his usual joking self and it's kind of, you know, he's, he's, try, he's trying to keep the mood up as Ken admits that he, the one thing he didn't miss when he was in hospital or rehab was 
pop quizzes of Mr. Collins. <laughs> but so I, you wouldn't mind a pop quiz of Mr. Collins. <laughs> 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 oh, we need to break out the hose. Look at me, both need no hose. Down, hose uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, this will this will bring down our moods. Is poor Ken listening? I mean, I literally just said poor Ken myself. But anyway, I'm he's hearing people sort of go, as he walks in, and that makes it feel worse. And Winston drops him into his homeroom. And basically, this is the beginning of a day of embarrassment and awkwardness. Yeah, it's not great. And it's like, I suppose the people, like, it seems like it starts okay mm. uh, in that people are just like, oh, you know, it's great to see you and you look yeah. great. And, but then I think as a Jean West kind of says, have you seen Amy yet today? And as soon as she says it, she's like, oh no, I just meant, oh God. And he's like, it's fine. You can say the word see around me. Yeah. But then like the homeroom teacher comes over and is like, how are you doing? Like yelling each word at him. And it's just like, oh, fuck's sake. And then Ken is like, oh, I'm not, you know, still here. And then the teacher's really embarrassed. And then Ken is like, oh, God. So yeah. Like the teacher does not handle this well. In fairness, the students are doing better than the teachers so far in this class. Like, but yeah. the rest of the day, it's like, even when it's something does go well for a bit, like Miss Dalton's French class is fine when they're all talking, but then they have to look at their books and he feels kind of awkward and it's just not great. And then he has history class, which is the one class he shares with Amy. And she is so awful. Like just like, cause I, you, I kind of, was he kind of looking forward to history class maybe or just well he's just like okay I'll see her you know I haven't seen oh no I'll see well you know what I mean he'll encounter her and they'll maybe he was imagining how like dismissive and curt her letters were because I think he was very hurt by that that she pretty much ditched him yeah and then she comes in and drops a kiss on his forehead and is sort of like, oh, hi, Ken. And when he starts to talk to her, she just walks off. It's so rude. Like, even, like in any circumstance, it'd be rude because he's like, he's about to ask her how she's been and she's just like, excuse me a minute and just like runs off to yeah. talk to Lila and yeah. then doesn't come back and he thinks she will come back and sit with him. But she doesn't. But she doesn't like, yeah. No. So my notes say, in all caps, I hate her. <laughs> She's a fucking demon. Like, oh, she yeah. really is. And Ken is meant to be meeting Winston for lunch, but he just can't face the thought of being around anybody. So he goes out, makes his way outside, and he's just exhausted. And this is this is actually convincing. Just the effort of having to sort of be on all the time and, you know, yeah. concentrate on things that he used to... Um, he didn't have to. And uh, obviously, it's not even vaguely the same but um, I think it was the writer Naomi Alderman on Twitter and pointed out that one reason so many of us have felt exhausted during the uh, the pandemic when we didn't have any those of us who didn't have any sort of physical like medical reasons to be mm. is because we basically had to learn how to do so many things in our life from socializing to working to going to the shops in a totally new way and all of that is just draining like it's just using so much of your energy that. That's true, yeah. That's stuff you wouldn't normally have to think about. Yeah. You could just do it on autopilot and now you have to just be so conscious yeah. all the time. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. So poor Ken is kind of in, you know, in the same boat in a very different way. Yeah. So as he takes refuge outside, he overhears Scott Trost and he is talking about some girl who's been badgering him to go out with her since he became quarterback. And who could that girl be? Ugh. 
It's fucking Amy, of course. Of course it is. Oh, because this is because Ken kind of hears all of this, and as far as he knows, Scott doesn't have a girlfriend. So then he kind of overhears one of the other. Like it's a bunch of the football players chatting together, um, and he's like wondering who they're talking about. And then he hears one of the guys saying, "You know, Amy, she's got to have somebody to go out with." Oh, oh and it's just like what a way to find out, like because she's just she wouldn't even have the fucking decency to like. I guess break up with him even if yeah. they weren't really a couple but at least fucking let him know that yeah. she's now fucking gone after this other guy and has bailed on him completely yeah and to make things worse Scott notices Ken that is like oh shit hi Ken and Ken thinks how if he, if he could see Scott trust he would belt him right in the nose <laughs> and he'd be fucking right I mean who could blame him indeed yeah. so they head off and poor Ken just sits there thinking like basically this first day back in school has been an exercise in pain and embarrassment Oh no! And he realizes that, as far as Amy is concerned, he was a burden now, and Amy obviously didn't want to be bothered. Her social life was much more important. Fucking hell! Like. She is a cold bitch. It's so mean, yeah. But then he hears a familiar voice. Who could it be? That's right, and he's not even sure at first who it is. Uh, and he kind of cocks his head to try and hear better, and it's Terry. And she's like, "Oh, it's me. It's Terry." And she's like, "Do you mind if I sit down?" Um, and he's kind of I think at first he's kind of worried that she's going to give him this kind of like I'm so sorry and like a you know poor Ken pity speech kind of Um, but she just kind of chats to him normally like she's like oh does these flowers smell really nice and then they start talking about football again and it's like okay this is a really nice conversation and he obviously had been missing how the gladiators had been doing so she just fills him in on like a play-by-play of exactly what's been going down on the field I suppose since he wasn't around and I think he also notices that She's filling him in on everything from the point where he wouldn't have been able to keep up so that she feels like she actually, you know, has noticed how long he's been gone for and is just, it's just a really nice moment, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) she's she's not making a big deal out of it. She's just sort of telling him and, uh, and also even the fact the first thing she said was, don't those magnolias smell fantastic? She's sort of making an observation on one of the things he can share. That's it, yeah. Um, It's not like she's, yeah, rather than like, oh, uh, it's such a nice day out. Uh, oh, look at that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a good start and it gets better. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're told that for this one minute, he was just a guy sitting outside on a sunny day talking about football. Oh. And he realises that Terry is the only person he's felt comfortable with all day, even though we barely knew him before the accident. And so she's not like babying him or pitying him. And yeah. it occurred to Ken that he would like to spend more time with Terry Adams. But then the, the ableism of Sarid Valley, which is clearly Ken has internalised, uh, kicks in. Then he remembered that he was blind. What girl would want to go out with him now? Oh, and like, he's literally just been burned by Amy as well. So you can't really blame him for feeling that way as well. Oh, you know, true. it's just like, ugh, fucking Amy did a number on him oh, in a matter of days. Like, yeah. Ken. Oh. So uh, he basically runs off and... Uh, yeah, he's kind of snappy with Terry and kind of goes off in a huff and she's just like, oh no, what did I do? Even though she hasn't done anything. Yeah. Like Later, like you, Karen, Terry can't get the image of Ken out of her mind. <laughs> you and me both, Terry. <laughs> so she wants to know how to help him and of course, she can only, there's only one person she can turn to. We're literally told there was only one person she had talked to about Ken who had been able to comfort her. So she picks up the phone Hello, is Liz there, please? Like, she has her own friends. This has been established. Like, she's pals with Shelley and Kristen and John and Jennifer. And yeah. it's just like, nope, I'm going to talk to the person that I know the least out of all of these. And that's Liz. We forged an eternal bond to that French project, oh, apparently. Yeah. Well, um, so she she, uh, she 
basically uh, rings, she, she rings Liz, who tells her that they're going to have a big welcome home party for Ken uh, tomorrow in the cafeteria. They've got a collection and they ordered a big cake, which is cool. And it's going to be a surprise. And te- Terry tells Liz what happened. And she admits, this is the thing I like about her. She's not like keeping any secrets from anybody. She just admits yeah. she fancies Ken. But yeah. he walked off on her earlier. And she wonders, should she just act like nothing has happened? But this is surprisingly wise. Again, she's like, look, all this did happen. Ken's trying to adjust. There's no point to pretending that things aren't uh, different for him now. Yeah. Then she makes a kind of stupid suggestion. <laughs> Please share it. Um, yeah, so Liz is like, oh, you just reminded me of something I saw in a movie. It's like, this may sound crazy, but what if you found out exactly what it's like to be blind? <laughs> oh, God. So Liz suggests that she could, that Terry should walk around her house with a blindfold on. That's what this girl in the movie did. And in the end, she got a much better idea of what life was like for her blind mother. Like, it sounds like a terrible movie. It really but, um, does. Or one of those terrible articles where instead of getting a disabled person to write about what it's like to, you know, tra- travel around on the tube or something, they get somebody who isn't disabled to go around in a wheelchair. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, I pretend to be homeless for a week. Yeah. It's like, why not actually just talk to somebody who's homeless? I know, it was like, act- their actual lives. But yeah. I guess she means well. I know, yeah. And, and in fairness, she doesn't tell Ken about it. So she's not like... No, God, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know just what it's like. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> Uh, so the next day there, uh, Liz tells Jessica all about the party plans for lunchtime and um, Jessica's like poor Ken he won't even be able to read the cake oh, for fuck's sake he can still eat it though can't he that's the whole point well that's what, Jess- <laughs> what Liz says I'm like, I'm- Liz is cool in this book it's like yeah. Jessica Elizabeth replied impatiently Ken doesn't need people feeling sorry for him the cake take Cake will taste just as good, even if he can't read it. And it's just to show them that they're happy he's back. And then Jessica says, Liz, are you really happy he's back? Not sure I am. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I mean, at least she's honest about how terrible she is. (laughs) Well, that is true. Uh, So, yeah, she says, I hate to admit it, but seeing Ken around school with his white cane makes me feel kind of strange. And then Elizabeth didn't know how to respond to her sister's comment. It wasn't like Jessica to be so insensitive. As I don't say, it totally fucking is. Like, seriously, this is the Jessica, like I literally wrote down, this is the Jessica who bullied Annie Whitman to the point that she tried to overdose and who also humiliated Robin Wilson into basically having an eating disorder. But okay, sure, not usually insensitive. Like, give me a fucking break. Oh my God. Um, Nick. She does think though, at least come rightly that Jess is honest about her discomfort unlike some people yeah so Liz bumps into Amy and who doesn't know anything about the party and it turns out that Jess uh, Jess had tried to call her the night before but couldn't get through because Amy was on the phone to Scott all evening and like she just has no self-awareness as she's kind of telling Liz all this she's like oh my god Scott's so amazing we were talking all night and he's so funny and it's like are you fucking serious Liz is pretty much revolted and she's like yeah. it's at twelve thirty in the cafe and if you're not interested you'd better make other plans for lunch Elizabeth said through gritted teeth mm. maybe you and Scott should eat out today and uh, <laughs> uh, so you know just tell it like it is and then yeah. Lila's not much better in fairness because Lila's all like oh, how will you know if there's a cake uh, and then says oh I'll be there even though he won't even know if I am or not we're told Edith looked as though she was about to punch Lila <laughs> basically like I mean I suppose Lila does let us down more often than not so know. you know it's hard to be on her team sometimes but at this point it's like fucking get her in it yeah. <laughs> well Liz literally likes to physically leave dragging it away <laughs> 
<laughs> then Bruce appears and he seems cheerful, but he's got news too. Yeah, and again, like apparently Bruce had been like one of the first to say that he'd be at the party and who had like made a big donation to actually get the cake. But now he's saying that he has to go to the dentist and Liz is like, she knows he's lying. It's just, everyone's so shitty. They're like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. So I'm just not going to go. Off he goes. And uh, Lila or Edith and Liz agree that he and Lila are made for each other, which is something (laughs) that happens in the SVU series. True. After, if I remember right, they get in a plane crash in the mountains and are like pursued by wolves. Oh my God, seriously? (laughs) And Lila is a countess because she's been married. She's married to an Italian count. Holy shit. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) You couldn't just get together like normal people. Oh no, that'd be a plane crash and wolves and a fucking count involved, of course. (laughs) Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a private plane. I'm now, it's been a while since I've read them, but uh, it is definitely (laughs) super dramatic. And what one would want? from Bruce and Lila union. It's true, yeah. So Ken arrives at the cafeteria to a big surprise. And uh, there's a bit where Winston goes, hey, we were able to sneak the cake in right under your nose, buddy. Oh God. And there is kind of an awkward moment where Ken kind of freezes, but then he starts laughing and it's like, okay, look, it's yeah. fine. It's the corny Winston joke. And, you know, he realizes that this means <laughs> he kind of relaxes. Winston is sort of comfortable with him being... Uh, like you know he's able to sort of acknowledge it so yes um, yeah they don't have to like tiptoe around him yeah um and who should be there by the way brief moment so jeffrey french hey look at that poor jeffrey (laughs) well there's a new poor somebody in town (laughs) we've moved on to poor ken now jeffrey's fine (laughs) but then winston greets amy and it's like and ken realizes that she's there and she just hasn't gone anywhere near him that's it. It's so awkward because oh, she obviously awkward. is there, but just like has not said hello to Ken. Like, honestly, the bare minimum is too much for her. Yeah. Because like Winston nearly announces like, oh, well, hello, Amy. What's the matter? Aren't you going to say something? And it's so awkward. And Winston is totally <laughs> clueless because last thing he saw, you know, he hasn't really seen much of Ken since he's he's only been back at school like a day. True. Uh, he's only back, just back from the rehab place. So obviously yeah, Ken so, hasn't told anybody that Amy is ditched. Of course. Yeah. Like I suppose Winston isn't trying to put anybody on the spot. He's no, just, no. Being Winston, like, yeah. And poor Ken just feels humiliated being snubbed by Amy in front of everybody. And it's basically spoils the party for him. Oh. Because he's just thinking of how awful and shallow Amy is. And he's hurt, even though he knows that she's a shallow bitch. But it's just, it's just, it is. It's so rude. And uh, that's it. It was after the, the fucking snub in history class. It's like, yeah, he hadn't expected much from her. But still, this was kind of, a new it's love. still hurtful. Like, yeah. yeah. Ugh, but um, we should probably take a tiny break now before we yes, jump on to the next one. Yes, we should, because we have another podcast from the Headstuff Podcast Network to tell you all about, and it is The Behavioural Vaccine. Yeah, so it's a podcast hosted by two behavioural scientists and messers, uh, Kate and Podrig, who use their knowledge in this area to explore ways of improving health and happiness, something we could probably all do with in this extremely weird time. Yeah, uh, so have a listen. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Porig, and we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioural scientists who met through improv comedy. And so each week, we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. And now... Back to Sweet Valley, where Terry is uh, 
having a little experiment with a blindfold on. <laughs> Look, she's giving it a go. At least it's in secret. That's something. Oh my God. She just decided to walk around with Ken all day, pretending you're in the same boat. Um, so she nearly falls down the stairs. She makes a mess pouring juice. But actually, and this is the good thing about it, it gives her a huge respect for how much Ken has learned. That's true, because she notices that or she knows that he's been able to just kind of walk around at a normal pace in school. So she kind of realizes now how much work that must have taken. Yeah. Um, and what a big achievement it is that he can do so many bits and pieces on his own. Yeah. So actually, there isn't really an implication like, oh, now I know exactly what it's like. It's more like, oh, wow, Ken is amazing. True. Um, yeah, it gives yeah, a better yeah, appreciation for Ken. So and we could all use a bit more appreciation for Ken, if you ask me. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm giving him his props today. <laughs> So she has an idea then, and she rings Ken to ask him for an, an, an outing. It's so cute. <laughs> Very cute. So yeah, she's um, got a special destination. That's right, yeah. So she asks him if he wants to come to the beach with her after school tomorrow. Um, and he's kind of surprised or taken aback, I think. Yeah. Because uh, he's like, the beach. And she's like, yeah. But he's kind of, he kind of laughs and he's like, well, yeah, I am free, but you know, I can't go swimming. Um, but Terry's just like, look, I didn't say anything about swimming. I'll come by it for. And when he kind of stalls, she just says, please don't say no. I've never called up a guy and asked him out before. Yeah. I'd be crushed if you didn't come. And she's just so honest. It's so endearing. But in a good humoured way. Like she's not like, <laughs> big time. Oh. So he's charmed and he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. She is rightly delighted. Go Terry. Yay. So meanwhile, over in the Casa del Wakefield, even Jessica is disgusted by Amy. <laughs> like good I'm so glad that she yeah. isn't like oh I can understand it's like no she's like this fucking bitch because yeah. <laughs> yeah she was Jess was just on the phone to Amy asking her if she ever actually has called Ken to tell him about that her and Scott are all over each other and probably Amy just lost it this is it because the only way Ken actually found out was from overhearing Scott oh. chatting to the other lads about yeah. it like nobody has said anything to him no. about it Kind of shitty. And I guess they kind of assumed that Amy had told him. And, uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, you would. like, But just that Amy is that shitty. She just hasn't said a word to no, him of course. in months at the, or like weeks at this stage. Oh, I hate her. So <laughs> she, um, uh, Jessica thinks, oh, poor old Ken. It's bad enough being blind, but then his girlfriend deserts him for the, for the guy who replaced him on the football team. And Liz, again, this is like the genuinely positive depiction of, uh, you know, how somebody can have a good life as a disabled person. So it's like, mm. I think Ken will be fine. If you ask me, it's got trust who has the problem. <laughs> and it's, it's a properly funny line as well. So it's yeah. like, damn, I'm really getting into Liz in this book. I have to say oh, she is winning me over. <laughs> much better than, and much better than the way she used to be about in like Regina being deaf. It was like, oh God, the only solution is for her to be cured. That's the thing. Yeah. And I suppose because they handled Regina so Badly, and that's why I expected this to just mm. fucking go off a cliff, like, but it actually didn't. No, it really didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, well, blind listeners, if, if uh, there's anybody um, uh, with a vision impairment uh, who's listening to, to this, you can let us know how realistic it is. I expect not very, but, you know, I think it's still, it, it's trying, um, which is, you know, not always good enough, but I think at least the, the fact that they are showing that you get yeah that the feeling that an, an effort is being made at yes. least <laughs> which in Sweet Valley we have to acknowledge because so often it isn't true <laughs> so next day Terry leads Ken to her car and again I mean I think she handles it quite well uh, again if we have any blind or visually impaired listeners let us know but she tells him exactly what's going on so he sort of has a sense of control like he doesn't feel like things are just happening to him she's like you know we're going down this road and now we're going down this road and 
they arrive at uh, North Haven Beach. Apparently, yeah. more deserted it's beach. Mystery beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she says uh, she, that it's, it's where she goes to clear her head. And um, he asks her to lead her onto the, onto the sand, but, or lead him onto the sand because he's exhausted from using his cane all day. And he's just like just needs to kind of give his brain a bit of a space. Yeah. And she says that it's, you know, as it's where she went to, goes to clear her head. And he said that he used to clear his head by running, but he can't do that anymore. She's like, why not, Ken? You want a big empty beach? And so they do. They and do, actually, and it's lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely. It's so lovely, because like, the beach is deserted. They're the only people on it, so there's nothing to bump into or trip over. Like It's just this wide open space, and he can just fucking leg it and go for a run. And he yeah. does, and it's great. He starts <laughs> whooping with joy. Oh. <laughs> and then he's like, where's the sea? I want to paddle in the sea, pretty much. And he's like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's really... Um, it's just really nice and it's uh, lovely. genuinely super cute. Like this whole scene is just, they're, they're really nice together. They're so cute together. Like, yeah, I really like them. And then he hugs Terry and she points out, you know, look, you could, um, there, there, you, there are things you can enjoy. You know, there's, uh, you just were able to do something that brought you happiness. Yeah. And for a minute he sort of believes her, but then he thinks of everything she, he can't do. Uh, but he cheers up again. Uh, when they get back to the car, he asks if uh, she asks if he'll go to the Gladiators game, and and you know she can give a commentary. Initially, he's like, oh, really? And but then he 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 sort of says, look, I, I'll think about it, and he says it in a nice yeah. way. And we're told that for a precious hour at least, he'd been free of the pain and depression that had haunted him ever since the accident. Oh, happy Ken. Yay! Like Terry is like doing so well. Like she's just she's handling things very well, and she is actually, you know, being able to have a nice afternoon with him and kind of take him out of himself a bit. It's lovely. Yeah. So we cut to match day, and Ken is there. Oh, and he's all in. Like he's shouting and roaring, and like uh, Terry's giving him a perfect like little play by play rundown of what's happening as it's happening. Like it's probably much like just listening to the match on the radio, but also yeah. being there for the atmosphere. So it's like. He's actually enjoying himself and it's lovely. Yeah, he's genuinely <laughs> having a brilliant time. And yeah. like, uh, he, uh, he ponders how he had hardly ever noticed her before his accident. But now we're told she was the person who was starting to make him feel like a whole human being again. Oh. And even though the gladiators lose the match, Ken realises he had a brilliant time. Yeah, and he kind of realises, like, as much as he loved football, it's still just a game. And it's like, oh, well, that's a good perspective for someone from this school to have, I, I guess. It's surprising. But uh, yeah. we're told there's so much he can do and experience, you know, on his own yeah. terms. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a really good psychological breakthrough for Ken. Yeah. So they head to the beach for another run. And afterwards, she asks him to go to a special event that's taking place in the park. Oh, my God. The droids are putting on a concert. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so we're told you like the droids don't you and he says sure who doesn't <laughs> there is literally not one naysayer in this entire town about that band everybody loves them they have 100% fan base <laughs> true so he agrees to to go with her and they they share a little moment I think yeah because he he, he kind of suddenly feels like he wants to kiss her and like I suppose Terry had felt that back along when she meant, went to see him in the rehab place mm, yeah. and, and obviously held back but now he's starting to feel that as well and uh, he draws back like and kind of decides oh god like she's not going to want to kiss me yeah he thinks he just wasn't capable of being a real boyfriend oh, oh Ken oh, I hate to see you think such things and he assumes that he must just pity her 
or pity him. Mm. And he realizes that he's falling for her. He's in love. <gasps> oh my God. But like, he also feels like he can't let that happen. So it's just like, damn it, Ken. <laughs> I know. So we cut to the gig and uh, Terry admits to John Pfeiffer. Like, I mean, we can't boo. We just let's think he's another person for this one. I know. We have to just, yeah, he just has to be another Sweet Valley randomer yeah. until a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> True. He does. She yeah. admits that she's just failed a test, um, which is really unlike her. And it's because she's been, fo- she's been focusing more on Ken's studies than her own. Mm, yeah, and John kind of knows this is what's happening oh. and she can tell he's a bit disapproving about it. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I know you're sort of madly in love and she's like, uh, we're not. Or she thinks <laughs> we're not. Because apparently all her friends seem to think they're an item and I don't really understand how they're... How she hasn't <laughs> told them. That's true, actually. They yeah, there does seem, there's kind of an assumption there that they're not just friends, but yeah. <laughs> when she goes back to Ken, he's, he's not in a good mood. No, he kind of snaps at her and kind of says like, you know, where were you? And I looked like an Egypt sitting here on my own. And we kind of learn as well that when she'd picked him up uh, earlier on that evening, she'd been a bit late and he'd yelled at her. Ken! I know, it's like he's, yeah, he's obviously just kind of lashing out, but it's also a bit like manufactured drama too, just to give us some kind of an obstacle towards the end. (laughs) He's saying things like, you shouldn't abandon me like that. And it turns out he's just been quite uh, demanding and just relying on her for stuff that he can do himself. Yeah. And she doesn't know how to fix this. Mm -hmm. So of course, she goes Liz. I mean, who else? (laughs) And again, she tells her all and her honesty is refreshing. Yeah, true. And Liz um, says, you know, look, it sounds like Ken is just trying to create some distance between you, um, you know, and um, maybe, uh, you know, he's, your just relationship is, there's, there's, he's got some sort of emotional defence thing going on. And also tells her, with you helping him so much, Ken doesn't really have to get used to being blind. Yeah, like he's relying on her too much. And I think Terry kind of knows this herself, but she also feels like she can't say no to him as well. Yeah, so it is a really awkward situation. And yeah. Liz again offers sensible advice. Just says, look, just have it out with him. Tell him how you feel. Mm. Yeah, she says, you know, you can't treat him like a baby. He'll lose all his confidence and end up starting from scratch if we don't, you know, if Nip you don't allow him to do his own stuff for himself. Yeah. yeah. So later Terry is at Ken's house and she says she has to go because she has to do her own homework. And Ken gets all snappy. He does. He lashes out and like they're, they've been drinking milkshakes, I think, in like the kitchen. And he ends up like, what does he do? He like swipes his arm across the kitchen table and sends stuff crashing to the floor. And it's all very dramatic. Yeah. Um, and he kind of says, he kind of sees a snap at her and say, oh, you should go home. And I'm sorry I took up so much of your time. And he's, he's being a little bollocks. Like. Yeah, super <laughs> passive aggressive. She's like, maybe yeah. your mom can read your history uh, assignment to you later. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, I suppose it was fun to play Candy Striper for a while, but now you're sick of it. I understand perfectly. And she mm. says that uh, he doesn't understand, she doesn't understand what his life is like, true. But basically, so, you know, she can fuck off. And then she decides that um, she has to tell him the truth and tells him that uh, it's true. She doesn't know what it's like, but she knows, quote, that being blind isn't the end of the world. Blind people have accomplished great things and he can too if he stops letting other people do everything. Yeah, and to stop feeling sorry for himself, basically. So, like, he yells at her again. Like, again, he's trying to just drive her away and, like, you know, do a whole white fang on her. (laughs) Go! Go! But but Terry's just, like, you know, she's she's kind of annoyed with him, I suppose, as well. And she is upset and crying, but she's like, look, I see now you've been taking advantage of me this whole time and you like it when I help you out. Um, 
and you know you like that I make you feel good about yourselves but you never stop to consider about how I feel and she just comes out with it and says look the reason I've been doing all these things for you is because I love you and you never noticed or if you never noticed that you're blinder than you think and she <gasps> runs off yeah crying as is well, yeah, it's the only way <laughs> uh, so Ken is devastated as she leaves and he realizes that she was right that he was sort of copping out and it was just basically he was trying to deal with his feelings for her because he is Madly in love. Oh. <laughs> and he rings her, but she's not at home. Um, she's She's gone off somewhere, her, her family say. So he guesses where. And then he heads off. Oh, it's this is really lovely. I got kind of emotional yeah, stupidly at this bit as well. It's like, I'm overly invested in these fucking books. I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, aren't we both? But I'm also kind of blaming it on just this week in general as well. And as you say, we've all been a bit fucking fragile. <laughs> oh, too. It does not take much to make me cry. I cried yeah. at yeah. like uh, newspaper headlines today. So nothing will, like, it'll be a while before yeah. back to normal. <laughs> we'll get back on an evil kill soon, yeah. but uh, not right now. Not this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he heads out, uh, walks down the street and he re- remembers counting the steps. He remembers where the bus stop is. And he, went, he gets on the bus and he feels really proud of himself. Uh, and he's like, you know, maybe people are looking at him. Doesn't ca- doesn't care. And he thinks, didn't matter how long the trip took either. It was getting there that counted. Oh. Right on, Ken. Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, and you're, you're being independent on in your own terms. You're yeah. doing your thing. Well done, Ken. It's lovely. Yeah, so we're not being all inspiration porn with Ken. No. We're no, just, no, no. we love him and we're happy to see him taking Control. Taking charge and actually, yeah, feeling good about things. It's just we're happy for him and that's why. And also realising <laughs> that even though his life has sort of changed, it can still be good in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good thing to think of. So at the beach, poor old Terry, she's all sad. And she's like, okay, you know, send my piece. But then when she gets to le- up to leave, she sees someone arriving at the beach. <gasps> she thinks she's imagining things, but it's Ken. <gasps> and she runs into his arms and they oh. embrace it's he lovely. begs for forgiveness <laughs> and declares his love. <laughs> so and nice, yeah. Giving us the happy ending that we all needed. They kiss. <laughs> and he says, Terry, you're too good for me. He whispered oh. in her ear when the kiss was over. We're good together, Ken, she replied, resting her hand, head on his chest. And she says uh, that, you know, the sunset is amazing and she describes it to him. But then Ken can, has registered something. <laughs> yeah he takes off his sunglasses and kind of like turns his face towards the ocean and he's like are there clouds and then he's like the sun's over this way isn't it and Terry's like how how do you know that but he kind of says oh you know I can I can feel it but there's also a, like a definite brightness in that direction as well yeah so and they kind of they kind of get him to turn around and it's like no it's definitely not there it's only when he looks towards the sun he can actually see this brightness so and then it disappears and he's like oh shit okay that was obviously like maybe I was imagining it maybe yeah. something but she's like no Ken the sea the, the sun has has uh, has sunk into the sea uh, by the way is it even sunk I'm so tired that I can't <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's set it's set there you go thank you thank you the sun has <laughs> set the sun has gone into the sea. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like I'm in New Grange or something. So, yeah. What is this sun? That train but... on the screen is coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm so fragile that I probably wouldn't. <laughs> no judgment here. Yeah. So um, Ken uh, 
basically he is definitely seeing light and dark. And yeah. uh, Terry says, like, you know, is, is your sight come? You know, are you can you see? And, Ter- and Ken says, this is such a nice uh, message. It's like, maybe I will someday. When with you, I don't care if I'm blind. You make everything come alive for me. So oh, he's basically, so fucking sweet. he's oh accepted God. this new state and he's making it work for him. Yay. Yay, Ken. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. It's such a proper nice ending where you're not like, ugh, these two. Like, I'm actually happy and rooting for them, like, completely. <laughs> Actively. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the happy ending we all need and deserve. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to the bleachers a few days later, who Patty Gilbert, who we might remember from the days when she was with the... Her friend Dee Dee, when she was painting sets for... Oh, that's right. She's a dancer, isn't she, Patty? Yeah. She is, yes. And she was... Uh, when Dee Dee was too much in love, if I remember right. <laughs> so, uh, Patty's watching T- Ken and Terry, and they're running together on the track at Sweet Valley High. Oh. And Dee Dee uh, joins her and says, they're definitely the hottest couple at Sweet Valley High, don't you think? <laughs> and then says, somebody should make a movie out of Ken's story. Maybe they could even film it at Sweet Valley High. I mean, I'd watch it, so... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Get your dad on the case, uh, Dee Dee. I remember yeah. right. She's like a casting. He's a casting guy, isn't he? And then yeah. Susan Stewart's dad can direct it. Like, job yeah. done. <laughs> so uh, they, they head off, but Patty is distracted. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's it? Uh, she has uh, a lot on her mind. Yeah. Uh, because her boyfriend. Jim. Uh, Jim. Yeah. He's coming home. He's been away at college. Yeah. Uh, and he's coming home that weekend. But they've kind of. They've not really been getting on so well lately. Yeah, he hasn't uh, been coming home uh, as often. Like initially, by the way, we don't know what time of year this is because it's sort of yeah. implied that he's still getting used to college. But is it uh, October or is it the following June? Who knows? It is anyone's guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, he just hasn't been home as often. Initially, he was home every weekend and recently he hasn't. Um, and Dee Dee tries to reassure her that this is normal you know he's just it's his first year in college he's settling in um and patty admits that he is coming home this weekend but she hasn't been able to get hold of him on the phone at the dorm to like make any plans and like he's clearly never home and she's wondering what he's up to and dd's like oh he's probably off buying you like 10 dozen roses um and patty's like yeah yeah he's probably just in the library and she puts on a brave face but she's a bit worried and that is the end of the book that's it. Yeah, it really kind of just segues into this little bit and it's like, I don't care about this now. Yeah, no, but we did get the big proper ending with Ken and Terry. So. Yeah, this is just very much tacked on to, to lead us into the next book. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, can you read us out? So yeah, will everything work out between Patty and Jim? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 61, Boy Trouble. Oh, it's a good name though. It's a great title. <laughs> and Patty is one of the more likeable denizens of Sweet Valley, if I remember. She was quite sensible with Dee Dee. That's true. Past, yeah. So uh, good. At least she gets a book to shine. Um, by the way, my edition has a little ad for something coming soon. Does yours have it? It does, yes. Can you share that with us? Because that's <laughs> even more exciting. It is, it is. Okay, coming soon. This is after, like, the boy trouble bit. Uh, the first Sweet Valley High Super Edition, Lila's Story. Yes. 
Because <laughs> like, if you're going to do one, you start with Lila. Oh, you, know, you start with the good stuff. Of course. <laughs> Can you read us a little mini blurb? Because <laughs> it's a little kind of snippet. Yes, is uh, Lila Fowler is furious when her father announces his plans to remarry. Lila knows that her father's fiance is only after the Fowler fortune. Unless Lila can find a way to stop the wedding, her days as the most pampered girl in Sweet Valley could be over forever. Yes. <laughs> do you have it? Because I do. Oh, ooh, I don't think oh, I do. But I would find a way to get it. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely do it. We absolutely need to do it because uh, it's a doozy, if I remember. Uh, <laughs> so in your role as our very own statistician. Statistician. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. The Terry Andrews of Dub. Oh, Terry Adams. Adams. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, uh, you think I would uh, remember because it rhymes with Jerry Adams <laughs> oh my god it does <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, our very own Terry Adams can you share some stats and evidence <laughs> sure thing um, okay so well look, the blue green eyes only got one mention which is very low I know but it's not really a Wakefield centric book either and Liz is mostly on the phone when she's talking in it Um, the blondness only got three mentions Um, but then they say poor Ken five times which is probably less than we said it in this episode so maybe that's pretty good going Um, and he's referred to as poor baby twice once by his mom which is lovely but also once by Amy who's just a selfish bitch and we don't care about her (laughs) Yeah. I didn't make any more um, noises. The worst. So yeah, in terms of outfits, there wasn't a huge amount. Yeah. When Terry is going to the party back along at the beginning after the, the match, um, we don't get much of her outfit, but we do know that she wears lipstick. That's a pretty shade of apricot, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we get Jessica's party outfit. Um, yes, oh yeah. we do. So yeah. Jessica was wearing a short black miniskirt, bright red blouse, and matching red shoes. So she really did match the red Ferrari when she <laughs> arrived. In fairness to her, she had it all worked out. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a striking image. It has to be. It really bad. is. Just Jess lounging across the bonnet of a Ferrari <laughs> in her red shoes. <laughs> we literally do love to see it. We sure do. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, thank you, listeners, for uh, sharing your uh, your thoughts with us over the last week. We know that a lot of you have been very stressed about the election, obviously, and um, we know that some of you have been out there doing your bit. So we, we salute you. Absolutely. Um, we did hear that apparently relay races. Uh, long-time listener of the show, Tracy Tights, hope you're pronouncing your surname properly, Tracy, um, said that in defence of American schools, the relay race was pretty on par with what we called field days. They were generally fun, silly bits like the egg and spoon race. So there you go. That's it, yeah. But they were taking it very seriously, in fairness, in that last book. Yeah. <laughs> This is true. We also heard, we are so delighted, shout out to Van Hong, who uh, treated us to let us uh, to send a photo when she was in an, an hour into waiting to vote. And she listened to Broken Hearted and said, I hope I can finish in love again before I get my ballot. And then when she came out, she said, it was my turn before I could find out if Todd and Elizabeth stay together. Hashtag <laughs> poor Jeffrey. 
<laughs> so good. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we heard uh, some other listeners. Uh, Jen sent a photo of uh, <laughs> she and her partner at a wedding, age 32, saying, Liz and Todd's at Cor- Liz and Todd at Courtney's soiree, dressed from the set. So with a fella and I at a wedding when I was actually 32, dressed from ASOS. Because they were <laughs> dressed to the nines in their formal wear. And looking mighty, in fairness to them. Uh, Jessica Taylor uh, sent us a photo saying, I present to you a shop in my town. One guess what you can find out inside. On the outside, it just says, vacuum shop. Unbelievable. (laughs) So good. Uh, Also, a friend of the show, Neri, um, said that she enjoyed uh, the the last episode and said, seriously, if that school gets any waspier, I'm going to have to stab them with an EpiPen. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, my God. Fair play, Neri. (laughs) On the ball. And we've got uh, some great responses over on Instagram, too, where Karen has been manning the Instagram account with her design skills, and creating some spectacular graphics. I've been putting my graphic design degree to use by yeah. uh, like illustrating quotes from Lila Fowler. It's what my lecturers would have wanted all those years ago. just going to say that. So uh, <laughs> I know I appreciate you putting your, your, your skills and qualifications to such good use. <laughs> if they could see me now. <laughs> by the way, I mean, I know I'm not going to pretend it's as important as the American election. It's not even a jest. But I'm just going to say in a moment of self-promotion that my book, The Boldness of Betty, has been shortlisted in the Irish Book Awards in the Senior Children's Book of the Year Prize. And it is decided partly by public vote. So if you are just still on a voting high <laughs> and you would like to, to just keep ticking things, you can, if you would like to, you can vote for me at the Irish Book Awards. Uh, so if you if you go to the website, which is Irish Book Awards, I think it's irishbookawards.irish, but if you just Google Irish Book Awards, it is irishbookawards.irish and follow the links to click and vote, I would very much appreciate it. I think the deadline for voting is the 16th of November. Okay, so there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty of time still. But um, yes, I would absolutely urge people to go vote for your book because it's brilliant. I loved it so much. Aww, oh my God. Thank you, Carrie. It was like, I got properly teary at the end. I was just like, oh my God, I love everyone in this book so much. So yes, go vote for Anna's book. It's great. Well, thank you. It's called The Bonus of Betty. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can vote for it now. And if you're in Ireland, you if you vote, you can, you're in with the chance of winning a hundred euro in book vouchers, which is a pretty oh. good prize. Amazing. Such a good prize. Oh, my God. We'll put up links as well to uh, where you can vote. Yes. So people can get get going over there. And of course, um, always remember that you can contact us at on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast.com. And sorry. At, oh, my God. My brain is mush. Uh, <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and as we said, we're on Instagram now and that's at SVH podcast as well. Of course. And of course, we're proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And you can find out all about uh, the latest shows on the network and what else is out there at HS Pod Network and at This Headstuff. And so that's it. And this very emotional weekend, but we will be back in two weeks when we find out 
what happens when Patty Jenkins has... Patty Gilbert. Oh, my God! <laughs> Patty Jenkins is busy directing Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she maybe she went to see my eye. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I don't actually read things out. My brain, my no memory capacity anymore. Yes. Okay, do that again. We will find out what happens in two weeks when Patty Gilbert hey. has a little bit of boy trouble. Oh, God. It's going to be good. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. And God bless America. Woohoo. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.